Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. Yes, yeah, so and we're talking about Riverdale. Because that's a teen drama that we are somethings of. A show that exists on TV that, that we, we watch, watch every week, that sometimes isn't up every week. Super regularly. If there's a Riverdale, you know we're going to watch it. <laughs> when they have mid-season finales we're like we're gonna take a break i'm like you always take a break <laughs> we're not sure there will be an episode next week we don't know if the next one after that will be the week after that yeah we know that there will be an episode next week and then one in march and It'll... two episodes somewhere between there <laughs> if those are the the actual episode numbers and they didn't just decide like i don't know these are the ones in between them i don't know yeah we don't know <laughs> i don't know we'll figure it out it's fine yeah. So, Kevin, yeah. have you been watching many things on TV this week other than River- Riverdale? Riverdale? Uh, um, not things on TV. I've been catching up on some stuff on Netflix. Uh, watching Young Justice. Uh, I don't know. I've watched a lot of stuff on Netflix. Random stuff. Random stuff on Netflix. Things I can put in the background or I want to see again. I'm also doing a big catching up thing right now. And as you know, sometimes I get super into Grey's Anatomy because I'm basically a doctor. And so I like to watch it for yeah. the incorrect medical things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'm catching up on season 15, which is like a really long time for a TV show to run. Oh my god, yeah, it's in season 15. It's not done yet either. It's not done it yet. Didn't have a season, it didn't have a series finale. Apparently they're willing to keep going until Ellen Pompeo leaves, but because <laughs> she's a woman who has like a consistent job but in She's not going to leave willingly. No, she's... I, I mean, some people are like, oh, I need another challenge, but she's like, nope. I have children. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. I enjoyed the craziness of the show. Yeah. Until you write off Grey, I'm going to keep being the Grey. And once again, they can't do that because the show's... That's what happens when you name a show after someone. Exactly. Well, I mean, she has a sister. The sister's last name is not Grey, but you could kind of be like... <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, this Grey is now the Grey of Grey's Anatomy. You can't do that. That's why shows like Dallas work because they just called Dallas. But well, do, you know, city. do you know what Grey is? Like Grey's Anatomy is an anatomy textbook. Well, yes, I know. And that's why that's the joke. Like, her name is Grey. Also, Grey's Anatomy is a famous okay, textbook. Okay. You, you see what we're working with here, fellas? I mean, she also has a daughter who's probably like 10 by now. So you do a little bit of a time jump. Suddenly that daughter's <laughs> in medical school. And it's Grey's Anatomy too. Anatomy harder. And you just start re-looping it. But anyway... <laughs> I have something really important to tell you because I caught up on season 15 of Grey's Anatomy. All right. Is this a spoiler for Grey's Anatomy? Uh, not really. So remember how we were talking about um, talking about the OC and talking about how the sexy, fun surfing doctor, Aaron, yeah. was an orthopedic surgeon because she was a bone doctor. Yeah. Because bone is the coolest doctor because of bone bones and are, bone. Yeah, bones are cool. So uh, guess who's showing up on this season of the OC? As a bone surgeon. Aaron? No, even better. It's Luke! Okay, so the actor made Luke is now a bone doctor. On Grey's Anatomy. On Grey's Anatomy. And I looked at him for a couple episodes and I was like, this handsome man. I know this handsome man. <laughs> this handsome man used to be younger. I was like, what do I know him from? And I was like, was he young Hercules? No. Young Hercules was Ryan Gosling. Was he young Hercules' friend? No. Young Hercules' friend is the handsome dwarf from The Hobbit. Who is this man? And how is he related to young Hercules? What is his connection to a TV show of my youth? (laughs) Wait. A TV show of my youth? Could it perhaps not be young Hercules? Are there shows that are not young Hercules? (laughs) There are. There are. It's the OC. (laughs) There are shows that I watched two years ago. 
Yeah, that he's, is Luke. His face is thinner now because that's what happens when you get older. Yeah. His muscles are still muscly. His hair is still long and handsome. He's, he didn't have long hair in the show. Well, yeah, that like floppy, sexy hair, right? Yeah, I guess he did have the floppy, sexy hair. It was very popular back then. And that's what's happened. It's come around the horn. The hair that was popular in my youth is now popular again in this day, <laughs> 2019. This year of our Lord. This cold day. This floppy, sexy Luke hair, I guess. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's uh, Editing Kevin here. Me and Aaron continue to talk about this for way too long, so I'm just going to cut that all out, and you're going to have a weird jump as the show begins. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Bye. <laughs> this is Riverdale, Season 3, Episode 11, The Red Dahlia. So we should let you know right now, there is a theme to this episode. And you may be able to guess what the theme is if you're familiar with the, like, source material for the title. Well, it's also, this has been a sub-theme of the series, but this episode, they're like, you know what, let's take that, that, like, undercurrent that we've been doing, and let's just crank it up to 564. Let's make it an overcurrent. Because it's now noir, and Jughead is typing his book... Again. On, on a typewriter. Even though earlier he has typed it on a laptop. And he's also doing his work now in the blue and gold office. Even though there's no way that's a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite clear what Jughead's thing is. But anyway, he's uh he's typing on his typewriter and doing all this noir talk about the town of crime. And they're going over things and they're seeing people, but this Jughead voiceover to end all Jughead voiceovers ends with the um, baby serpents yep. meeting with Sheriff FP and telling him that they put Sweet Pea on a bus and Sweet Pea ran on not Sweet Pea sorry Soft Boy. That's uh. <laughs> Sweet still alive. There's too many dumb nicknames in this TV show. Yeah, they sent that tall boy Soft Boy on a bus. And he just went out of town because Jughead stands by his rule of exiling people. Though uh, F, uh, FB's like, well, no, you didn't, but... I don't have time for this nonsense. <laughs> so uh, I'll just pretend that I agree with you. And then we learned that the body was sitting right underneath him. Yeah, he was sitting on the cot in the bunker. He didn't... Like, bodies start to smell really quickly. And there's... Like, this is been a time no, you know what let's be fair i'm sure that bunker always smells like a dead body that's true that bunker must suck no one has ever cleaned it archie had all of his fever dreams in it <laughs> looks like the infected boy to an infected bunker oh and was it the, actually this is not the end of jughead's uh voiceover he because he voiceovers like to connect all these stories together that's true. It keeps going. Because he, he keeps on voice... You think it's the end. Then he keeps on voiceovering now about Betty. Because you see Betty, uh, uh, I guess, sees things in black and white. Oh, yeah. And then she goes to see her dad. And she talks about how the Lodge Ledger, which I guess is now the Riverdale Gazette or whatever it was called. Uh, I guess so. Uh, which we know Hiram bought it. So I yeah. guess there are <laughs> writers decide, for the they decided to re- rebrand it. Anyway, she says that they were writing about um, how Clifford Blossom was killed. He was killed by cyanide that he had with him, because why not? And, and she's like, well, who gave it to him? Like, clearly he didn't just have it. Yeah, definitely someone poisoned him. <laughs> but uh, Hal is like, who she's talking to? 
Like, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of people dying by suspected suicides. And she's like, yeah. There was Daddy Blossom. There was Daryl Doily. There was that principal in the story, crazy story that mom told me. Yeah. All these people were murdered, and everyone says it's suicide. <laughs> but they keep on being murdered around Penelope Blossom, who can make, like, poison stuff in her garden. And her dad's like, hmm. Hmm, interesting. I think you found the connection there, Betty. Well, then he's like, wow, but, you know, there's another person who also died by suicide around Penelope. And he's like, yeah, but he hung himself. That's totally different. And he's like, hmm, is it? He's like, oh, maybe it's not. And Cheryl was there, too. Maybe she's a witness? She talks a little bit about perfect crimes, and Hal's response is like, if there's a witness, it's not a perfect crime. However, Cheryl does not really ever investigate Cheryl. She kind of talks to her once. Yeah, so it's not clear if that had anything to do with it. Or was just it. her dad being crazy. <laughs> That's true. Anyway. So Jughead continues with his voiceover, but now we're going to Archie. And Archie is searching for purpose in a world that uh, blah, 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 Archie has issues. <laughs> Yeah, um, he. so he's like, I think I'm not going to college instead of working with you, Dad. And Dad's like, all right, do it right now. Which he thinks will be a thing where Archie's like, no, no, now I'm in high school. No, I don't think it is. I think he's like, well, we started an hour. I don't, I don't know where high school went in this episode. Yeah, I'm not sure why Archie skipped from, I'm halfway through grade 11. Guess I'm dropping out of school forever. Well, it's not even just him. It feels like the high school doesn't exist this episode. That's like, true. They I, have maybe m- it's a weekend. This could all take place in two days. Yeah. So he's like, well, I'll start working. So he immediately goes to work and then immediately gets fired. Because he's so busy breaking rocks. And the foreman's like, Dude, we're on a union. You have to take a break right now. And Archie's like, no, I don't. I'm going to fight you. Ow. <laughs> I wasn't even that loud. <laughs> well, you were. It's just Archie's power. <laughs> well, I mean, too far, this foreman also, like, as soon as Archie's like, I'm going to keep going, the foreman's like, look, I'm I'm bigger than you. You don't want to do this. I weigh 100 pounds more than you. Now I'm going to fight you. I like how the only, like, they couldn't give Archie any other way of dealing with it. The only thing that they gave Archie was like, well, he just wants to keep hidden, so he gets fired because he won't take a break. And, like... Sure. That, that is the most, like, Disney v- way to get fired. <laughs> it really is. Archie just works too and then, hard. And then he pushes him, and he's like, that's it, you're fired. And Archie's like, ooh, my emotions. <laughs> so, great work, Archie. Yeah. Uh, well, we, well, there's one uh, character we haven't yet checked up on. Who could that be? That's Veronica. Well, Veronica is busy staring at a giant bouquet of flowers. Given to her by Elio. But he was actually giving them to Hiram. But he was... Uh, but he, I mean, was he was giving them to Hiram, but he was passing through her so he could do this scene where he taunts her by being like, you know, there's other crime people who might want to take over his crime. The vultures are circling. If I were you, I would do better crime. So Veronica takes a stop, I guess, to change her clothes into her femme fatale outfit, I guess. Yeah, she decides to wear a hat that Veronica has never worn before and will never wear again. And then she goes to find Jughead and she appears like it's a don't get me wrong, it's a very cool homage shot to like, you know, she appears at the window and you just see her uh silhouette. 
and it's got the hat and it's over one eye and yeah. and she uh she hires Jughead to f- find who kill who tried to kill her Hiram. dad despite the fact that's definitely a job for mm, the sheriff <laughs> no but she wants the sheriff's son and she also will pay him money she gives him half before and the half what he I don't understand this framing plot here I but also it happens don't understand where Veronica gets this money from sometimes she's a part of her family sometimes she's not I don't know sometimes she lives in the Pembroke sometimes she lives I guess still I don't know but in, uh anyway when to to sort of give Jughead a path to go on she says I think it was my mother so that's good at least she doesn't think it's Archie yeah, she offer, so she offers up Hermione, and Jughead's like, "All right, I'll be Philip Marlowe." Like, stop, don't stop referencing noir things. We get it. <laughs> Very <laughs> we, on the nose. We get what you're doing, show. You don't have to tell so. us. Anyway, he goes off immediately to investigate Hermione, and she's all like, "Oh, but I was on the phone with Hiram. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows you can't shoot a gun and be on the phone at the same time. Oh, yes, we did have a fight before the quarantine, but that was because I found out that Hiram had an affair. There <laughs> are pictures of, the, of it. Photos. So, that's obviously not a motive for shooting. <laughs> you think I shot him? Here's a motive. <laughs> <laughs> Go do some investigations, Jughead. Jughead does say, okay, well, that sounds like you just gave me a motive. He's like, no, maybe she has a motive because he broke up with her. And, like, and Jughead's yeah. like, I guess. All you got was if you're being like, hey, did you murder the guy? No. You, you know why I didn't? Because he stole all my family's money. And you're like, hmm, you I, gave- didn't, I didn't know that. Just give me a motive? <laughs> How could I do it? I just have this knife in my hand. Well, now you're giving me the murder weapon. I mean, it's covered in blood, but that can't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's the mistress and Jughead toddles off to do that thing. But we're going to take a sidestep. A sidestep into good parents. Well, Luke Perry Andrews is trying his best. <laughs> He's well, out of his element. Well, good parents and a really weird response from Archie, where Archie thinks he's going back to work. Yeah, and Luke Perry Andrews is like, no, you got <laughs> fired because you tried to fight a grown man. And he told you, you're fired yesterday. Did you think that wouldn't happen? And Archie was like, I was just trying to work really hard. <laughs> and the guys, and Luke Perry's like, no, like, when your boss tells you to do something... You need to do the thing, Archie. That's having a job. Also, he said you were fired. <laughs> and then Luke Perry's like, look, I understand your irrational response. I found the laudanum. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, do you think you're the only kid who's who's ever, like, you know, ha- had a drink? And I'm like, yeah, but no, most kids don't drink, like, cough syrup from the 1930s. <laughs> and Archie deals, to the, deals with this by running into the daytime. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. He go- yeah, he just goes running off, still wearing his Archie Andrews fl- flannel shirt. And his dad's like, oh, I mean, I know he's going to come home when he has to plug in, but. <laughs> oh, that boy's going to be back soon, I assume. That didn't go the way I wanted. Uh, we do have to take a little moment here where Betty goes to the funeral of Claudius, which, because it's the Blossoms, they can't do anything that's not inherently creepy. 
There's like four people there. They're all creeps, including Tony and Cheryl. Like, Tony has gotten increasingly creepier. She has. And even, like, Betty gets in and Cheryl's like, hello, cousin, come sit down. Like, you could not have done that in the worst in a, there's no worse way you could have done that, Cheryl. <laughs> Whoever refers to someone as cousin, we have cousins. I'm never like, hello, cousin. I made some quesadillas. Would you like one? Yeah, well, it's it's like she wants to just constantly remind Betty, like, hey, Betty, we're related through incest. So Betty does not sit next to creepy Cheryl. She sits next to creepy Grandma Rose. So what I like about what I like about this scene is that Rose is probably outwardly the most creepy, but inwardly the most pure. Oh yeah, because Penelope Blossom is going on about how it's so sad that Clifford Claudius was never accepted by this town, and Grandma Rose leans over and goes. Mm-hmm. Crocodile, crocodile tears, tears. <laughs> <laughs> just two words everybody's like okay <laughs> it's like yes got it uh we got a quick scene when the baby serpents are nervous about tall boy's body that's more of just continuing on stuff that we already have know before. about we also have a short scene where betty tries to be like cheryl i have suspicions and cheryl's like no i am cheryl blossom and then tony comes in and is like yeah She's Cheryl Blossom. Stop bothering her. I guess this is where I am now. This is my storyline. I'm sorry. They're both kicked out of the serpents, though, because yeah, they, they could not stop doing crime. And there's one thing we know about the serpents. They hate crime. They do hate crime. <laughs> hate crime. So Veronica decides... T- she She takes a moment to reflect upon her life. And apparently has to reflect upon it in front of the bodyguards. Because it turns out that Hiram has no second-in-command and no secession plan. So because Hiram has been in a coma for, I guess, a day, <laughs> yeah, no one is collecting the payments. No one is keeping the business going. And this, wait, wait, Hiram is Hiram does all that personally? Yeah, he does all of it by himself. Why wasn't this man shot before? <laughs> This is the easiest way to take down a gang industry ever, because it's one guy doing everything. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is insane for you to think of that, the, like, we those two guys she's talking to, the Nico and whatever, are apparently his only remaining capos. Oh, they're supposed to do that. Yeah, why aren't they just going into it and said they're like, oh no, everyone's really suspicious. No one's picking up the payments. No one's being the man in black. And then Veronica's Ver- <laughs> upset because they're like, look... Uh, maybe if you don't want your crime to stop being crime, you should... Deal with Elio's family. They could help you. Everyone goes like, no, you're fired. It's like, screw you guys. I will do the crime. And in... I will keep the family afloat. Well, Veronica and her two new hires, which are Smithers and And Reggie. Poor sweet Reggie didn't know what he was getting into when he kissed a pretty girl that one time. She hires a very old man and a very young boy. To do... (laughs) And now they are the mafia, I guess. Because they know so much about crime. It's, it's, it's like, well, you know, back in the war when we didn't have any people in the trenches, we put up... Uh, <laughs> we put skulls on no, bayonets. Not skulls, Aaron. Helmets. God, skulls would have been so dark. <laughs> I really took that in a direction. No, they put they put helmets up on bayonets so the, the, the enemies wouldn't know, like, how many soldiers there actually were. And I'm like, what war was this man in? <laughs> yeah, this is definitely World War One. <laughs> What? Why did they have bayonets? What war is Smithers talking about? 
Because, like, okay, so it's America, so I guess... It could have been World War II. I guess they kind of had bayonets in World War II. They kind of had trenches. Wait, they, no, they had bayonets in World War II. Yeah, and they had trenches. But, Kevin... World trenches War- weren't as big in World War II because of Blitzkrieg, but... And, Kevin, World War II was still 1939. I know it was. <laughs> like, our aunts, so, you know, our oldest aunts... Yeah. ...were born in 1941 and 1942, our oldest aunts yeah, were no. in their 70s. No, Smithers is ancient. <laughs> He's older than time. Is he too a vampire? Has he defected from the Blossom clan? I think he's just old. <laughs> I think he's just old. There's no way. Like, there's no way they had trenches during Vietnam or Korea. He can't be talking about either of those wars. No, yeah. He is talking about a world war. That brings us back to Betty and Jughead, who decide to team up for a little bit of crime solving. Because Betty's waiting to get more information about her investigation, so why not help her boyfriend? So they head off to the five seasons, and why do they go to this room? Okay, so they're told... They in, they spoke to the concierge, I guess, and he said the blonde woman was up there somewhere, but didn't give a room number. And they find a room that has a pink maple leaf on the door. <laughs> Which... But later they have the room number. They get that from one of the women in the place they go to. Okay. So, yeah, they go to a room with a maple leaf on it. And they're like, huh, this seems immediately suspicious. Let's open it. And it is a... Brothel. 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 They use words like sex club. But then later they call... Kevin gave it the benefit of the doubt. He was like, maybe it's just a sex club. And then we saw who was in charge of it. No, it's a BDSM brothel. So it's owned by Penelope... And everything's done in red light. And so first they meet a blonde woman, because I guess in this brothel you can just walk into any of the sex rooms you want, because there's just curtains. I mean, I think that was probably a pre-sex room. That was a foreplay room, if you will. So they walk into a foreplay room. And the woman was the, that woman also wasn't particularly upset by there being children in there. She did not like that they scared off her cli- client, but she did not care that children were there. Yeah, because they paid her money. Yeah, and they show her a picture, and she's like, oh, yeah. That woman's in 311. And then Betty's like, what is this? And they're like, oh, you got to talk to the boss. And it is Penelope Blossom, who I guess got her brothel at one point. But this is not a brothel. This is a dom club. Men are degraded. Women have all the power. I'm, uh, and I'm not a guest sex work. Um, I'm against Penelope doing it because she's doing it for the wrong reasons. Oh, 100%. Also, I'm confused by, because was, wasn't it just like last episode where Penelope was like, so we can turn the co- the covenant to my brothel? So she just wants a bigger brothel. Yeah, she wants more brothel. <laughs> I have a little brothel. I want a big brothel. It's kind of like how Gladys does not like little crime. She only likes big crime. Gotta have that big crime. You gotta murder those blonde women. Let's go, I got the big crime. So she... <laughs> So Betty I can't accuse- even describe this scene. Betty accuses Penelope of murdering after they establish that this is a brothel for women to regain their power. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Um, Betty's like, you murdered everyone! All the poison! And then Penelope's like, no, I just reclaimed my power because I was taken from the sisters to be given to Clifford Blossom. And they were like, and Betty's like, that's why you killed the sisters! And Penelope is like, goes, no. I was not sold by the sisters. I was sold by the Monsignor. So they leave the word brothel, and Jughead's like, hey, want to check out room 311? But Betty gets a text message. Turns out her investigation is back on. <laughs> Sorry, this was a fun little side thing to, you know, that I can wrap around to later, but for now, I gotta go. So I'm gonna go meet Dr. Curdle Jr. 
we can't have that yet. First, it turns out Josie's working for Veronica again. Yeah, she's just singing in the daytime. Well, Archie's getting sauced in the daytime. And Reggie's like, all right, you're cut off. You gotta stop drinking. Which leaves Archie to lose his mind and be like, I'm your friend. <laughs> Give me alcohol. My life is hard. <laughs> and then as the servant comes up to kick him out, Joe's like, no, 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 no. I know him. Which, like, he's still allowed to be cut off. But it turns out Josie is also cutting him off. Yeah. And <laughs> she just dunks him in a cold shower. I guess she brings him to his house also. <laughs> She's like, I have no patience for this nonsense. Cold shower, then we'll talk. I've been watching these storylines from the outside for so long. I gotta deal with one of them. Archie, you're closest to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can deal with your problem with Pro- some real talk. Proximity-wise, you're closest to me. I don't know much about mafia. I do know a lot about people who have had alcohol. Because my dad has had some alcohol, I assume. I He's assume a jazz so, yeah. musician. Yeah. Speaking, I guess, of mafia stuff. Veronica goes to the, the docks. docks. Which Riverdale has. Well, Riverdale is on a cliff. We do know what the stormy cliffside. So I guess this is downhill of that. I suppose. Veronica goes to the docks, and she threatens a man, and he looks at a black car... <laughs> And there is a shadow of a man wearing a hat in a black car. So the man gives her the payoff. But it turns out the black car does not have the man in black in it. It just has a man wearing a black hat. Oh, boy, wearing a, ba- wearing a black hat. Reggie's very important part of the scheme is to sit places while wearing a hat. Well, because the only one who comes to take the money is Hiram himself. And they're like, wait, if the, if the, if the Godfather doesn't come, then how do I know this is real mafia stuff? And Veronica's like, He's busy. He cannot step out of his car all the time. I also want to point out that I guess Veronica isn't really against crime as much as she seems like she is. I... She, her, her main thing about this one right now, she's like, oh no, but what if the, what if our crime family stops doing crime? Yeah, I don't really understand what her issue with her dad is. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, we, we learn later that she apparently has a weird morality system. Like, why is she maintaining his business while he is in the coma? Yeah, she's so worried. Like, oh, I gotta keep that crime going. What if, what if we don't have crime anymore? I don't get it. Uh, so let's head over to where Betty is talking to uh, Dr. Curdle Jr. It turns out that when Claudius Blossom died, Penelope said no, no autopsy. Which isn't suspicious at all. But Dr. Curdle Sr. was such a renegade <laughs> that he did the autopsy himself and he hid the files. Um, parentheses, creep. <laughs> he just loved autopsies. And he just did an autopsy. So, Curdle Jr. found the autopsy results somewhere deep in his, do- his dad's files. Maybe in his dad's dark files. And it turns out that Clifford was hung, is what he said. But first... He had puffer fish poison. Yeah, he was fugued. <laughs> and so that fugu hit him first. And then he was hung, but he died of the fugu. Why did they make it puffer fish? Why couldn't it have been, like, the herb stuff that she used for everything else? I don't know. Like, because, like, why is it fugu? I wonder <laughs> if it's to cause a little bit of distance. Like, maybe Penelope did the rest, but not this one, because the rest were plants and this is a fish. <laughs> But I feel like I'm diving too deep. It's a dock worker. That's where fish come from. I think they were just looking for a lot of different poisons to use. Nah. Because everyone she... dies of a different poison. Yeah, she likes to vary it up. 
Ooh, Ooh. that's how she has space in her life. Because <laughs> this is all pre-brothel, of well, course. Well, pre-brothel. All right, uh, so Josie uh, has sobered Archie up. She's giving him a hangover remedy of apple cider vinegar and honey and cayenne pepper. So that's the master cleanse. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Luke Perry isn't around. I guess he's at work, which makes me more think that this is a weekend. Yeah, a yeah. Saturday. Yeah, because construction workers work when they have to work. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. And Josie looks at Archie and is like, hey, maybe stop doing the alcohol and hitting rocks. Maybe you should deal with your problems in a healthy way by, like, channeling your aggression into, I don't know, boxing or music or literally anything that will let you express the emotions that are deep inside yourself. Is that Archie's like, I already thought I faced my emotions when I was on my hallucination thing. I had a fever dream and I beat myself up with a baseball bat. I was so... I lost so much blood. Josie, that's how you deal with your emotions, was- right? You bleed them out through your torso. <laughs> like, you know what, though? I guess there was one thing I didn't face. There's one person that I haven't seen since I came back, and I really dealt with all of my emotions, except for this one person I didn't see. Anyway, I guess I should go You'll see him. And then Josie, Josie's like, what? What? No, I, w- I was telling you to deal with this in a healthy manner, not whatever crazy thing you're about to do. <laughs> you're clearly going to go off and do something crazy, so please just don't. I, I'm not a part of this. Archie, I'm not. Yeah, and Archie just runs out. So, so poor Josie was like, you should do something helpful. And he's like, I could murder someone. This, you know, we've been screaming for Archie to get therapy for years. And apparently it's Josie. Yeah. Jo- <laughs> She's the Valerie now. She's like, mm. It could have been... <laughs> Man, Valerie and Melody, just gone. Just gone. Just gone. Gone like the wind. Like the wind. (laughs) So, uh, we have a scene coming up here that I'm trying to figure out what... Because it adds more to Veronica's mind, which I still don't understand. I guess... It's kind of glossed over with a Jughead voiceover about how Hermione should be smart, but this one time, Hermione left a paper trail... So Veronica goes through all of her dad's paperwork, I guess, because she's taking over his crime family, I guess. And then she, then she like gets angry and she rushes over to Hermione, and she's like, "You, you were a part of the production of Fizzle Rocks. I found these two pieces of evidence." Mom, I was doing crime and I found other crime. And I'm kind of like, and oh, and she says, "You signed the paper that started the quarantine," and we're like. Yeah, we yeah, know. Veronica. She said that. She said it to you. <laughs> that's what ha- we know that's what happened. And Hermione responds with, yes, I did sign the order for the quarantine because I thought that your father was going to... <laughs> the quarantine was going to cover up um, him getting rid of all of the drugs. But all he did was move the production from one place all into the prison. <laughs> I, th- th- there's a lot here. There's a lot here that's going on. Um... Veronica is very much like now, oh, now we can just destroy the drugs. We can get rid of them now. Dad's in a coma. I've been doing crime so I can shut down the crime. Yeah, like, okay, so Veronica, you're perfectly fine with um, extorting people and like doing things like that. But drugs, oh, jeez. Oh, dang. To justify she took over her dad's crime family so she could shut down her dad's crime family no i think she's just upset it's the same thing with gladys where it's like but that's not the crime i like (laughs) i like the crime where people help me do the things i want and i want to run a brothel nope i want to run a nightclub for teenagers with alcohol (laughs) 
But also, I'm fine with extorting people. But I don't want to sell drugs. Because that could hurt my friends. (laughs) But if I just extort strangers I've never met before. No one's hurt. That doesn't affect me. They're not people. So Veronica's like, okay, then we should go and get to start these drugs. And Hermione's like, hang on. We can sell them. What if we sell the drug industry to someone else? I have a buyer mysteriously already. <laughs> they'll they'll sell all the drugs and all this stuff, and I guess the drugs will just be elsewhere. And then our hands are clean. That's how that works. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Lodge Women. Great work. <laughs> Fenting and fainting and, d- and their, harrying and <laughs> using their wiles and giles. <laughs> Because that's how the mafia is. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> well, we have to have another confrontation between a young girl and an older woman. Because this whole episode is just teenagers fighting with grown-ups. <laughs> but this grown-up is Penelope. And Betty comes to her, and she confronts Penelope with science. Yeah. She's like... Ah, uh, Penelope, uh, here's proof that you killed Clifford. And then Penelope interrupts her and goes, what, was Cheryl your witness? <laughs> Thinking she can just throw that out. And Betty's like, no, science is my witness. <laughs> he was he was poisoned, and then I guess she put him up. And, like that. That's a lot for those tiny women to do. Yeah, well, Penelope is filled with the power of rage because it turns out she hates all men. Yeah, so she says she killed a whole bunch of people, which includes, um, so Clifford, which, sure, that's sure, fine. That's she, fine. Uh, he's he's a bad. Dilton Doyle, um, sorry, Daryl Doyle, because he was a patsy. I guess? For so what? she's mad at him because he got scammed by Ascension Knight? Yeah, but she also got scammed by it. She was the other DM. Maybe she did Ascension Knight. But she didn't kill the principal? No. No, but she... She doesn't, she doesn't talk about the principal. But she did kill Claudius because he got caught? She killed Claudius because he was continuing the drugs. He was making the drugs in the once proud maple syrup factory, which is also where Clifford was doing the well, drugs. Well, and also she joined the League of Stupid Evil. But then she's really mad about the results of the League of Stupid Evil because I guess Clifford <laughs> doing his drugs caused runoff into Sweetwater River that caused all the seizures. In the women, which when, when Betty was like only in women, the the way that the show and uh, Penelope explains it is like, I know herbs. <laughs> science. You can confront me with science. I will confront you with science. Which well, I'm going to say, I'm fine, honestly, if they're just like, yeah, it's the runoff of something weird about the yeah. chemicals. Means Body only chemistry. Women, whatever, that's fine. I am... I just want to take a moment here and mention, so the title of this episode is The Red Dahlia, and that comes out of this scene where Betty calls Penelope a serial killer and says, you are the Red Dahlia. And I'm like, but the Black Dahlia was the victim. Yeah, the murderer. <laughs> the murderer was not the Black Dahlia. The Black Dahlia was the woman who was killed. And the Black Dahlia was like an innocent victim. So, so you can't call, that, that'd be like, if that would be... I mean, I can't. I can't even think of another famous uh, victim. I guess of. It I guess be, who did who did, who did uh, Charles Manson kill? Sharon the, Tate. Sharon Tate. It'd be a, it'd be like you're a seal killer. You're like Sharon Tate. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. 
No, that's not it. Not a great reference. It, and I know she's like a small thing. It infuriates me because one, it's the title of the episode. Two, it's Betty. And three, that takes one second on Wikipedia to look up who is a Black Dahlia and learn it is the person who was murdered. But this is them being like, ooh, flowers. Ooh, it's a cool name. Ooh. Get it? Because Penelope is red. So then <laughs> Penelope just continues to taunt a child. Thanks, Penelope. Yeah. But I wrote down, so I guess this must be a part of her taunting, that Hal knows that Betty sent fake Sheik, real Sheik, yeah. to his death. Which because he does, obviously, because he's Black he's Hood. He's Black Hood. He's the one that she sent him to. But why is Penelope taunting Betty about this? Oh, be- Aaron. <laughs> That's the crux of the entire scene. Okay, why does Penelope do anything? No, no, no. The reason that she did that is because Penelope was like, but here's the thing. You can't tell anyone about all the stuff I confess you to, because if you do, I'll tell them that you sent this kid off to his death. And no one's going to care about that because Penelope's a crazy adult and Betty's a child and no one knows who Sheik is. Yeah, but it's a whole, I mean, people have seen him around. It's a whole blackmail thing where it's like, if you tell my crimes, I'll tell your crimes because Hal told me about your crimes. Okay. It's It's very flimsy. It's it's hilariously flimsy. Another murderer told you about a murder thing. That you're going to blame a child about. And not only that, Betty actually has proof. All Penelope has is people saying things where Hal's like, yeah, Betty sent the, sorry, the Black Hood told me that Betty sent this kid to him to be killed. Meanwhile, Betty has, like, proof. Like science. Science. Also, Hal, I think, is on Betty's side right now. So I think he'd be like, I didn't say anything. (laughs) That's my daughter. Yeah, the point we get across is that it's very bad blackmail, but it is blackmail. And she's a child, so she's like, oh. Oh, man, blackmail. Yikes. That's one one of the crimes we don't like. (laughs) Betty doesn't like any crimes, I don't think. Betty's actually usually fine with blackmail, weirdly enough. Yeah, she does like blackmail. She likes because she blackmailed the sisters a whole bunch. So many times. (laughs) Blackmail, Blackmail could be used for evil. Which at the point now where she's like, but blackmail never works. (laughs) People just keep doing bad things. (laughs) Well, the problem is that Betty didn't blackmail them with stopping doing their bad things. She blackmailed them with their bad things to get something else. To give her friends back. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Well, tonight I'm drinking a very special, non-seasonally appropriate drink. It's very cold outside. It is. The polar vortex is not quite in Calgary. We're getting the outskirts. It's close. It's, it's cold. It is cold here, though. It's very cold. It's like minus 38 with the wind chill. Yeah. And that's Celsius. I mean, but here's the thing. When you hit minus 40, doesn't matter. Exactly. So it's basically the same. <laughs> Pretty much. But I'm pretending it's summer. Summer in my heart. Yeah. Summer outside. It's not summer. <laughs> so I'm drinking a barefoot spritzer. It is a rosé spritzer that is filled with some delicious pomegranate and raspberry aromas. Ooh, it's filled with smells. Yeah, that's a weird way of describing a beverage, but that's what the can says. <laughs> this drink is filled with smells. It's a wine specialty beverage. Contains alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, it does. It also tells me the caloric information, which I don't like knowing, but that's fine. But they have to. And it also tells me to refrigerate after opening. 
Now, Kevin, you can see this tiny can. It is only 8.4 fluid ounces. Who is opening an 8.4 fluid ounces can? You know, it always bugs me when, like, can, with things like that. Like, they're so small, and they're like, well, make sure you refrigerate when you open I'm like, you think I won't finish it after I open it? Yeah, you don't think I'm going to finish my 8 ounces? I have a lot of talking to do. I need to lubricate those vocal cords. It's, it's kind of like when you, not kind of like, it's, it's similar to when you get a package, and the package is like, oh, this is for sharing. And I'm like, don't tell me how to eat my food. I'm going to have the <laughs> M&Ms the way I want them. I will eat this slowly over a long period of time, but I won't give it to other people. No, it's for me. This is for this is for one person. Aaron. <laughs> but Kevin. Yeah. I might not finish all of this. And I can't refrigerate it because I have to go home. <laughs> Do you want some? Aaron, I believe that you can finish all that tiny, thin can. You think I can achieve my dreams? I believe in you. Oh, thank you, Kevin. So we have to get more revealing of things. And, I, and you might be thinking right now, dear listener, this should make stuff more clear. None of it ever does. Well, it makes one thing really clear, and it's a delightful casting choice. <laughs> and do you know why I think it's delightful? Why? Because this is Mark Consuelos' real-life wife, Kelly Rippa, playing this role. It is Kelly Rippa. <laughs> and she is married to him, IRL. So uh, Jughead goes to room 311. And he bursts in there. Well, no, he doesn't. He picks the lock and is already in there. And he finds, in a drawer, a Glamourge egg. <laughs> no, the Glamourge egg is just sitting right out there. Well, it was under a no, paper. It was under nothing. It was sitting proudly on that desk. And he goes, hmm. And me and Kevin go, <gasps> So, it turns out who that woman was that Hiram was being uh, photographed with. She's a water and sanitation expert and her name is miss moray and she works for the provincial the state government because it's america it's america uh and she was there to check the water supply but she was paid off by hiram with sex <laughs> no with the glamour egg i think with sex maybe both but she definitely got the glamour egg from him so because i like the point that, that jughead says um he gives these out, you know, like his gifts to business partners and maybe to pay you off. I'm like, why was Hermione I, so upset about her Glabrache egg? Because apparently he gives them out like candy. Yeah. But so what Jughead finds is he finds a letter that she wrote to the governor yeah. but never posted. Yeah. Saying that the water was contaminated. Yeah. And then he also finds her report that she did send in that says it was not contaminated. Yeah. So she was going to blow the whistle until the sex is is that the case yeah she was going to send the letter but then she didn't send it okay, so she, but i thought i because he has the draft like the one she was going to send okay that's what i was very confused about because i'm like oh wait so, so did they tell the governor that the river was dirty i was also confused about it and i only realized right now that if he has the physical letter yeah. then there's no way it was sent uh, i mean i guess so so what she did is that but then why pay off okay so they so, so she was going to say the water's no good yeah then Hiram paid her off yes and she said the water is good but but they also had to pay off the governor to have the quarantine which had nothing to do with the water being bad I mean it was just a separate quarantine it was convenient because they were in fact having seizures but, but they wanted to pretend it was an airborne illness, not rather than okay, his so they, drugs so causing they, it. So they still wanted the quarantine, but they didn't want the quarantine because the river was contaminated. They just wanted a separate quarantine. Yeah, because they didn't want the quarantine to be connected to him. 
I it wouldn't wouldn't be connected to. I I feel like because you would have traced back to how the chemicals were getting in the river, and that would have traced you back to Claudius. And then everyone knows the Claudius <laughs> and um, Hiram are business associates. I mean, I guess. Which is why Claudius couldn't be the sheriff. It feels like a very complex way of doing this. I feel like they could have also just been like, oh, no, it's contaminated. Then, then, then like, bribe her to say, oh, no, now it's empty. Or now it's clean. Yay. But someone still would have been like, but where did the contaminant come from? The water has to not be a part of it. But, it has to be airborne. But we learned, I'm going to say what we learned later, but we learned later that, oh, no, we learned this earlier that he moved the drugs into the prison. Yes, but you can still tell where the runoff originated. That's how runoffs work. So they would, so they would have been like, ah, this is clearly not maple syrup. I guess they would have been like, it's, why is the maple syrup runoff making yes. all these women have seizures? This this TV show has a lot of flimsy plans. This is one of their least flimsy plans. This one makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, it's, but there's a lot with it. It's very convoluted and they didn't explain it very well. <laughs> but as someone who likes to make flimsy plans... I understand. Oh, also, it's important to point out that the sanitation woman does have a gun. Oh, yes. And she is Kelly Ripa. It is Kelly Ripa, and she will shoot Jughead, but he's going to drop that Glamour J egg. But he's got no time for sass anymore. He's got to head out because Sweet Pea has some deets. Because Sweet Pea has been following Hermione, and Hermione is a bad mafia person who doesn't realize when she's being followed by a teenager. It's because he is a teenager. <laughs> the Sweet Pea? Nah, he doesn't mean anything. He's a sweet boy. So I guess she goes out to a cabin in the woods. Where she is sexing... A man. <laughs> for a while, I'm just like, Who? It is uh, our good friend, who I thought died, like, a year ago, but it turns out it just happened. It was, like, three episodes ago. Sheriff Mineta. You know, because, that, remember, that was the that was the, the trio oh, of episodes. Right. that's how Archie got off. Well, no, that's not how Archie got I mean, that was. It was the episode where Archie got yeah, off. Yeah, but that was, because the reason that happened was, uh, Be- not Betty, uh, Veronica, her dad helped her with the casino thing, and then she's like, you know what, maybe my dad isn't so bad, and then... But Bob Daisy's like, Manetto's been decapitated. And Veronica's like, (gasps) (gasps) Maybe my dad is bad. Crime. Crime. But not the crime I like, which is extorting people. So uh, Hermione gets busy doing some sexing. Yeah. But then she's like, wait, the time has come that you need to go double shoot Hiram, but you need to use your sheriff gun. So people will think FP did the shooting. And I'm like, that's not how ballistics work. Yeah, all sheriff <laughs> guns are not the same. Oh, yeah, just because you shoot someone, like, that's the entire crux of, like, CSI, that, that specific gun to leave specific... Well, then everyone will be like, oh, he was shot with Sheriff Mineta's gun. Who could have <laughs> that gun? Could it be Sheriff Mineta? Like, I assume, I assume what would happen is they was shot with the gun, and then you can see the caliber is the same as FP's gun. At which point, they would the, go the mayor, see the, FP. Well, the mayor would the mayor would be like, "Clearly, this is what happened. There is no need for any further investigation." But the problem is, FP is the sheriff. Yeah, they would have to bring in like An federals outsider? or something, or fake federals like that fake FBI agent. No, they had one of those, and he died. He didn't die. Did it's he? It's Andre. No, the fake FBI. The, the fake FBI guy was Andre, wasn't no, he? No, that was a different guy. Oh, right, no, he was he was her capo. Yes. And he betrayed them. Yes. 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 He betrayed them to Small Fry. You're correct. Anyway. Speaking of guns coming from somewhere. Archie 
weirdly creeps around a weirdly deserted hospital. There is no one in that hospital. No one. Well, remember Veronica sent away the bodyguards. And then he goes into the ICU unit, which is a single room yep. with Hiram in it. And he has a gun. Ooh. Ooh. Sidebar. Jughead fills an FP about everything that's going on. Yeah. Apparently, Mineta not only had his head cut off, also his hands cut off. I'm like, if I had heard that originally, that he was not just decapitated, his hands are cut off as well, I'd be like, that's definitely not his body then. Because apparently they only found his torso. Yeah, they just found another body. They found a tan man, and they were like, huh, hello, tan man. a mutilated boy. It probably is the same mutilated boy. (laughs) Poor mutilated boy. Anyway. uh, Then he flashbacks to a conversation with Dr. Kirtle. Junior. Well, that's where he explains yeah. about that. And we're not going to talk about this, but it really messes with the timeline. <laughs> there is what I would assume is a like uh, something that slipped past the editing. Anyway, FP is like, well, I understand you discovered a lot of stuff, and I understand that Mineta's alive, but... um, Mineta wasn't the one who shot him. It was me. I was the one who shot him, because he got to kill you. I was so mad because that grown man tried to kill a young boy. And and then he got, but then what, so essentially Hermione hired him to to kill Hiram. But he and, also wanted to because he was. Yeah, but he asked for the sheriff job as payment thinking it would protect him. Exactly. And Jughead's like, well, FP. Since you're confessing about crime and murder. Remember when you sat in my bunker? Underneath your butt. Was a tall boy. Let me tell you some things about that tall, soft boy. (laughs) But I think I have a plan, though we need Miss Cooper's help, which I'm like, Alice? Well, FP and Alice are having sex. I'm more just just like, but he said Miss Cooper. I'm like, I mean, a weird way to to, to say Betty. So it means that has to be Alice. <laughs> but why would anyone ever need Alice? Well, we're going to find out. Because Archie, as we said, he snuck into the uh, the the ICU, is now talking to Hiram's <laughs> body. He's just monologuing. Yep. About how Hiram taught him to use fear. But the thing that hurt his feelings the most, <laughs> the thing that made him the most sad and the most scared, was when Hiram hired soft boy to shoot his dad for a second time you sent him to my house and shot my dad a second time i i i understand that it is a tv show so obviously personal things are more important but i guess we're just watching so much like superhero things like i would like one person to be like also you're a criminal and a bad person and try to get me killed in prison you keep trying to kill me. That's the thing that hurts the most. The mother's like, nah, you, yeah, no, like, months ago, you sent a... <laughs> you sent a soft boy to shoot my dad. And he was too soft. And then he's gonna, then he has the gun and he's pulling the trigger and because he's using a revolver because it's a noir thing. It's it turning. Turns. But then... A shadow goes by the window and Archie's like, oh, crap, there's someone here. I'll never get to shoot anyone. And he scuttles to the side. <laughs> and then the other, guy, the other guy creeps in, who we know is Mineta. Yeah. But like, Archie doesn't know. Before, but... And Archie decides, I'm going to shoot this guy who's going to shoot Hiram. <laughs> like, 
I gotta shoot someone. For once in my life, I have to finally shoot someone. This is just proof of how bad Archie is at, like, any form of vengeance. Because he could just been like, oh, someone else is gonna shoot higher. I'm sweet. I don't even have to worry about murder. I'll just sit back and let him shoot him. Is it Archie's like, no, I'm gonna have to save Hiram's life. So he purposefully shoots the guy's arm because it's Archie. Yeah. And the guy runs off into the night and Archie's like, mm, good work, Archie. Way to save a man's life. I was gonna kill a man. Instead, I saved that man. It's a good day for Archie Andrews. All right. So uh, we, we get a little bit where some of the plans start like coming together. Uh, so... Turns out what FP's plan is. So Hermione walks into the sheriff's office. Yep. And uh, FP is doing a TV interview in the dark. <laughs> yeah, there's no lights. Al, this interview is going to look terrible. It's going to be all dark and grainy and Alice is going to get fired. Unless she's trying to hide his identity. <laughs> <laughs> this sheriff of a town that rhymes with Fiverdale... Has some things to reveal. And what they have to reveal is that Soft Boy yeah. did a Hiram murder. Yeah, well, yeah, turns out, turns out Soft Boy uh, sh- was, you know, he was, well, he's alive. He was kept in a cabin to do um, odd jobs for Hiram until he shot Hiram. And then when FP went to go arrest him, turns out he had to shoot Soft Boy. He ra- you know, sometimes you just have to shoot a bad guy <laughs> to he- save another bad guy and then he just keeps heavy firm eye contact with Hermione being like and this just seems like everything just got wrapped up now doesn't it it sure seems like I should do a TV interview and then you should do a TV interview <laughs> yeah Alice is like yeah it's great and Hermione's like I'm not involved in this storyline do you guys want to come to the farm hey you guys interested in cults I know a really good one. <laughs> Look, I know that people have been down on cults and saying cults are bad, but have you ever tried a cult that's also a farm? And you know what? You want to steal money from your children? You can steal money from your children. I hear Veronica has a lot of money. <laughs> you could get so much of that money. FP, I don't think you should take Jughead's money because I don't think he has any. But maybe we can find some way to get Archie's money. Let's steal money from children. Guys, this is a great day. I did a TV interview, and you're coming to the farm. All right. uh, Veronica has just figured out everything herself. She's just like, you know what? I think my mom shot my dad so she could sell his drug operation. I think both my parents might be bad. But not the bad I like. So I think we should break into the prison and steal all the drugs and all of the drug-making supplies. Yeah, just you and me, Reggie. You and me together. Doing this together. Oh, look. I got a phone call. It's Archie. He has something really important to say to me, but not a sexy thing. Don't worry, Reggie. Anyway, break into that prison by yourself and steal all the drugs. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Reggie. And we think this is going to go somewhere, <laughs> but I'm going to spoil it now. Reggie just does it. Reggie does not really get a storyline. No, he just does it. She's like, hey, Reggie, break into a prison full of, like, a prison drug lab. Seal all their drugs. That I assume the gargoyles are watching? No, I no, Aaron, because apparently once Hiram is, like, shot and in a coma, they're just like, I guess we just don't do anything anymore. Hiram isn't here. And Veronica didn't know to tell the gargoyles to keep watching it, so. Hiram's so bad at crime. Why does he not have a second in command? Every crime lord has a second in command. I thought Hermione was a second in command until he started being a jerk to her. 
Oh, that's why he doesn't have a second in command. Well, I mean, but somewhat, anyone tends to be like, well, I got to keep things going while well, Hiram is incapacitated. So Veronica goes to the hospital and she talks to Archie and she's like, hey, thanks for shooting a guy who tried to shoot my dad. I'm sorry I was bad to you. I just, I'm going to take a moment right here in between this uh, to mention that there are no hospital people anywhere. No, because it was creepily deserted. No, it, even though a gunshot was fired in a hospital. Uh-uh. I guess when Veronica kicked those capos out, everyone left. <laughs> I fired you capos. The entire hospital staff as well. No one works here anymore. <laughs> Only me. So she thanks Archie, and I guess they connect on an emotional level. I don't know. Then she reveals that Hiram is awake. And he wants Archie. And, and Archie's <laughs> like, oh. But Hiram is just sort of like, heard you shot a man who tried to shoot me. You know what? Maybe I don't have to try to ruin your life. I feel like me and my daughter have come to an agreement, so you and I can have a truce. Like, oh, he's like, you don't make a move against me, and I won't make a move against you. I'm like, Archie never really made a move against you. What, what, possi- what how- move could Archie have ever made? Hiram, how are you, a crime mafia boss, threatened by the 17... 17- 16-year-old child. Who has not even written the SATs. <laughs> you didn't know he was going to shoot you. I don't even know where you got that gun from. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> he just apparated a gun. He went to Sweetwater River and just went, oh, okay. like, ah, I had a gun, a gun once. Uh, it was like the sword in, sword in the stone. Yeah. It came out of a lake. There was a gun. Anyway, uh, Hiram's like, so we have a deal. A life for a life. And Archie's like, uh. Did you just say? <laughs> okay. Okay. What? What am I agreeing to? Uh, they will cut back in on just very quickly. Just Veronica and Reggie. Reggie did it, and they just burned all the drugs. So that was a storyline. Yeah, I guess that happened. That was not a hard thing to do at all. Also not hard things to do. Betty goes to visit Hannibal Lecter Daddy. The crazy thing about the scene is that Jughead is writing about Betty's headspace, so he knows everything that's been going on with Betty. And he's writing it as this is happening. Yeah, so Betty goes to see Hal. And Hal's basically like, so, did you turn Penelope in? And Betty's like, no, I think she's been destroyed by the world. <laughs> so I have pity for her. Yeah, yeah, and Hal's like, we are products of those uh, things we were raised in. Have you perhaps have pity for me? For I am a product of my environment. I'm like, uh so the entire episode, I guess, is about Betty learning that everything is in black and white, which I never thought that was the thing about Betty. I thought it was about Archie. Archie saw the world in black and white. And Hal Cooper tried to kill Betty. Thus far, Penelope Penelope Blossom has not. No, and even like when he's like, oh, maybe Penelope isn't all bad. I think she's only referring to that hurt to her killing Clifford. Yeah, and maybe Claudius. He did cause the seizures. Well, I mean, but so did Clifford, really, in some way. It just, it had not affected yet until... Yeah. Well, I guess maybe at that point, it, the once he changed it to Fizzle Rocks instead of Jingle Jangle. Because the way it's produced. But really, Hiram caused him all of it. Like, Claudius was just the new Clifford, but Penelope... I'm sure Penelope is working her way to killing Hiram. Was Don't also, worry. But Penelope was also involved in the League of the League of Stupid Evil is self-destructing, Aaron, <laughs> is what I'm saying. It's because the evil is stupid. The, the evil is stupid. Penelope was like, I want a brothel. A bigger brothel. I got a brothel. I'm just going to kill some people now. Give me what I want, Hiram. I'm going to poison some people. I'm going to blame him for something that you are in charge of. I understand I'm a self-made woman who has made my own brothel, but... But this is your fault. Ah! 
Penelope. Uh, uh, we have a scene where Archie thanks Josie for being like, hey, Josie, maybe I'm not good at being hard. I tried to shoot Hiram, but then I shot the guy who was trying to shoot Hiram. So, Josie, this therapy you mentioned, would Sergeant Keller, Sheriff Keller, like it if I went to his gym? And would you like it if we played music together? And Josie's like, oh, a storyline. Yes, please. Oh, man. Just like the old days when I, when I would refuse to play music with you. But now I realize if I refuse, I don't get to be on this TV show. <laughs> Archie, I'll be in a storyline with you. Please. 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 Now, I will be, sidebar, I will be very, very, very angry if they give Josie a storyline by making her date Archie. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I also don't, don't like the idea that Archie's like, I'm playing music with someone and then I'll sleep with them. That's the way it works. I don't have a problem with Josie dating Archie. And I don't have a problem with Josie having a storyline. But if her storyline is Josie's dating Archie. I will be very upset. Yeah, it's not great. Why can't Josie be a character in her own right? All right, well, let's, let's wrap up this episode. So uh, Hermione obviously figures out all the drugs are gone. And Veronica's like, yes. I'm so good. Money's like, no, no, I... Okay. We spent... We had a time after this episode where we spent trying to figure this out. So Hermione... At pre- some point... Pre-took the money for the sale of the drugs. Mm-hmm. But she used that money to pay off the governor for the quarantine. And now the buyer is expecting the drug stuff. That they already bought. But... But hold we're, on. We're not sure when... The, see, I think this just took place. Kevin thinks this took place before the quarantine. It would be absolutely insane if the governor shut you, put gave them the quarantine and then was like, and now you're, you're going to give me the money, right? Now you're giving me the money, right? See, I think the governor had the money or some sort of other deal where he was like, now you owe me. And then he came back and he was like, remember when I said you owe me? I happen to know that Hiram's in a coma, and I would like to extort some money, please. No, but Aaron, that that take that that requires us to not only fill in gaps, but create entire scenes that have not happened. Yeah, I don't know. Like the o- the only things that we know have happened is that they had to pay off the governor to make the quarantine. I just think it's insane. I don't think that happened five weeks ago because five weeks ago Hermione thought everything was being shut down completely. Well, I and I. I agree with you. I think that's insane. So I don't know if I don't know if Hermione is lying or if Hermione was lying or like what this sequence of events are that make this happen. Because I think because as you know, as soon as Hiram went into the coma, yeah, everything this mob family did shut down. That included paying whatever they had to pay the governor, and Hermione had to scramble to fix it. No, that doesn't make sense because the because the she used the money from them to pay the governor as he said yes. like from that yes payment. I agree but th- that means but she shot Hiram yes like she <sighs> didn't know that they were still paying him off well, once again that that requires adding in so much in that this ep- that this series is not giving us but- at all hey everybody yeah I'm back uh, we also talked about this for a very long time. Uh, so we're gonna skip ahead. Have fun. It's been established in this episode that without Hiram being there, everything that needs to happen isn't happening. But Oops, uh, still going, I guess. So then Hermione decides to confront a young child. 
Jughead. Because <laughs> this episode is about adults fighting children. So that Jughead can wrap up the situation. And he immediately, she's like, so, you think you're so smart? And he's like, yes, please allow me to explain the entire season up until now. So Hiram was making drugs, but he was making drugs in the maple syrup factory with Claudius. And those drugs were put into, or the runoff from those drugs is going to the river, and that was giving girls seizures. And you were really upset that Veronica got a seizure. And so that's when you decided you had to act against Hiram. Yeah. He also had a doctor the report. Um, and then he moved the drugs to the prison. It's not the smartest of Jughead to spill all of the information he has immediately. But luckily, Hermione chooses instead information. to just give him more information. <laughs> wait, wait, so actually what Hermione does is, well, here's a motive. Here's something you forgot. <laughs> Let me tell you another motive that I have. I was also upset that Veronica got a seizure. No, that's what, that was the thing, that was he said, he said Veronica got a seizure. Hermione was like, I was upset that he had the fake black hood take a shot at me. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right, because he, so he starts with, you were upset that all the girls were getting seizures, and then at the end, he loops around to. And also, eventually, Veronica got a seizure, which made you more upset. Because it directly related to you. And then she's like, but also he took a shot at me. (laughs) <laughs> Jughead's like <laughs> thanks for giving me more motives <laughs> stop giving me motives I don't know what you want from this uh, so she says she effectively says okay you're right but, you, but if you tell anyone then also FP will go down because she hired him to shoot Hiram and Jughead thinks hopefully what we were thinking but we have no proof of that <laughs> but don't worry we do think she has no proof of that and Minetta was already shot by Archie, so why can't Minetta take the fall at the beginning? I mean, that would that would take some uh, stuff. That doesn't change the fact that I think this this blackmail has more legs than the uh, Penelope blackmail. It does. It still has very short legs yeah. because ultimately the only person who has like actual proof that they were involved in this is Sheriff Minetta yeah. because he went back to try to shoot Hiram again like you can make that case yeah it it, there, it becomes a lot of um and especially because uh, like, he faked like word, his death like it becomes a lot of these people per, people's words against these people's words and, Does, are you gonna have any evidence well there's the Manetta evidence yeah but there's not evidence against hermione no but th- like you couldn't make the fp charge stick because there's more evidence against Manetta. i guess is all i'm saying yeah and jughead does kind of have the paying off the water person evidence but he's not really going to use that no but like ultimately jughead should know what we know that hermione can't make a charge against fp stick yeah but honestly honestly the main problem is that i don't think jughead can make a chart like they, they make it seem like the like it's this whole blackman thing oh you can't charge me as i'll charge you really neither of them have enough to go for each other and if they do start going for each other it would just be like hammering things against it like it's it's neither of them have enough i think but more importantly, it doesn't actually matter yeah. because what I was trying to build to yeah. is we cut to Hermione sexing Minetta again, despite the fact that he's been shot in the arm. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't matter if anyone thinks that Minetta did a shooting because Hermione shoots him four times in the body. Which I guess will be, I, I mean, then what? He's already been declared dead. I guess she just gets rid of the body. Well, she doesn't have to worry about anyone being like, no, it was Minetta. Look at that arm shot. Archie Andrews did that. <laughs> She's just, you know, cleaning up all of her hospital rooms. Maybe, maybe that's cleaning up loose ends. She's she, doing uh, something. She definitely shoots Manana a lot.
So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment that plunged into the waters of sweet water bog, only to emerge as a single torso in the guise of drama? I did. I found a moment that transitioned from logic to drama, and it was Hermione shooting Minetta four times. <laughs> That's too many times. Yep, that's a lot of times. Like, <laughs> that's that is that's a lot. That's hard to get away with. She's so close to him. <laughs> How hard would it be to shoot him once I assume in the head? She, I assume she missed him a bunch of times. I mean, how many times has Hermione shot? Maybe this is a totally logical scene. <laughs> She's like, oh, dang it! Like, dang oh shoot! Oh, oh, dang! Because do we do we see her face while she has her four shots, or is yes, it no, it's, a it's, cutaway? It's on her face. Well, it's, it's actually shot, shot, and then the fourth shot is when it cuts on. It is Hermione. She does not express things on her face. She could be missing all over the place, but her face stays stone. Yeah, a lot of this, a lot of I would say this season, you have to assume that she has been lying for a lot of things. She is a better actor than anyone, even Cheryl Blossom, <laughs> who is the queen of all the musicals. Apparently, Kevin. Do you have a CW moment? Yeah, and it, it has to do with the title of the episode that Betty calling Penelope the Red Dahlia takes willful drama over logic. Mm. Like, to, to essentially be, like, it's, it, gives, it gives you the cool title, the Red Dahlia. And it, it, that evokes things for with the noir stuff. But for her to call her that takes willful, like, throwing logic aside and just being like, ah, you're the Red Dahlia. And if you wanted someone to be the Red Dahlia... I feel like Cheryl could be a Redalia, like a victim of circumstance and a victim of like, like you could do like a flimsy metaphor if you want someone to yeah, be a Redalia. But, but the main the main problem is that they weren't even trying to make a really a metaphor with Penelope. They're like, oh, she yeah. is a victim of like, like, like no, like, no, they weren't. Yeah. But I'm saying if you wanted to use it, <laughs> you would have to use it for Cheryl and make it a flimsy metaphor. Yeah, but then they also would have had to kill Cheryl. Not necessarily. Victims do not just die. Victims can take many forms. Yeah, but I think the defining feature of the Black Dahlia is she's dead. Oh, the defining feature is that no one knows who did the things they did. I Sure. Okay, that's fair enough. So if things happened to Cheryl and no one knew who did the things they did. <laughs> Unfortunately, everyone apparently knew about the things that happened to Penelope. Y- yes. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow, but never talked about it. Against all odds, that was a storyline. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, that was uh, that was Riverdale. We got another episode next week. I think next week might have something to do with Midnight Club. I Ooh. I would love another episode where they play their parents, but it's from someone else's perspective. I yeah. I mean, I at this point, I don't know the, the thing. We got a lot of motives like getting called out in this one. And I'm still, like, I know Hiram's the Gargoyle King, but I yeah. actually still don't know who the original Gargoyle King is. I almost don't know what we're, what what's happening anymore in yeah. the show. And I don't know what the point of Griffin, Griffins and Gargoyles is anymore. Like, I assume that we're going to start getting the farm a lot. Like, we have to start be leaning into the farm now, right? They keep promising us the farm. Well, because I, because a lot of the other mysteries are getting solved. Yeah, but you know the show. They're just going to give us another mystery. They're like, did you know there was actually a serial killer during the Midnight Club? We haven't <laughs> this, talked about it, but... This, this town, though, that, you know, was innocent was actually never innocent. There's been so many serial killers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, if you uh, like that episode, you give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. 
Or you could hit us up on some social media. Talk to us about Riverdale. Talk to us about the OC. Talk to us about Bone Doctors. <laughs> we are Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA on Instagram and Twitter. And that's also our email address, Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Please. Will Hiram learn of Hermione's plot? What will happen when Hermione's buyer comes to town? And just what is going on? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery, Outsiders, and Apps. A teen drama fan cast? Or something.